It has been a long time since we've been able to gather at this table. COVID, it does mess up so many things, doesn't it? And even today, as we were reviewing how to do this and pass the plate, most of the time now when we uh, come to this table, we take communion by intention, where people come forward and they take a piece of the bread and they dip it into the cup and eat it. And we felt like COVID, we weren't quite there yet. So we're going to pass it out to you. But we really had to scramble this morning to remember how to do it. It's been so long since we've done it that way. So it is good to be together today. And as Russ mentioned in the service, this, these $100 envelopes that we have to hand out, the connection between food insecurity and recognizing that we are gathered at this table of bounty. So maybe you could be thinking about someone during the course of this service or some agency that could use that $100. And I think there's some of you that are thinking, I don't need for the church to give me $100 to give. I could just give it. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but somehow that $100 in that envelope spurs us to think about giving it in ways we didn't before. So let me encourage you, if you have $100 to give or $10 to give, make it 200 or 110 and add this to it. Now, only 12 of you can do it, but there's more to come in November. And if you think of someone that doesn't need it for food insecurity, that's okay too. If you have someone in need, take it and use it well and use it wisely. But it is good to be at this table today. Um, we've been doing a little bit of the more you know, and I realize for communion, we shift the order of worship, but I don't know that we tell you why. Usually the, the homily, the scripture doesn't come now. Usually this is the place for confession. But we shift confession to line it up with communion. That before you come to this table, you have an opportunity to confess, to consider, to try to figure out how to right wrongs or find absolution for mistakes. So the confession comes closer to the table when we have communion. We meet another doozy of a parable this week. I, this is three in a row, three doozies. Today we're going to put the doozy piece aside because I don't have time to deal with it when we have communion. Everything gets cut short when we have communion to give time for the table. So I just want to name up front that anytime Jesus uses a master-slave analogy, that is troublesome, and I don't know how to fix it. Um, it was his culture. It was his day. He was speaking to it, but it's troublesome to try to make sense of that. So we're just going to have to put that in a box and deal with it the next time it rolls around when I have more time to delve into that. And today, I'm just going to pull out one little nugget from this kind of troublesome metaphor, but the message is good, okay? So hang with me. From Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord replied, 
If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. You've heard the ancient story. It's so hard for me to read that and not do something with it because I would like to say to the, to the servant who has been out plowing the fields, come in and let me serve you. That's how that story in my mind is supposed to go, but it doesn't. Jesus here is pointing out that we've all been given a place, and how do we fill, fill this place that we've been given? So as much as I want to deal with the troublesomeness of that. I'm putting it aside to say this. We always want just a little bit more. If it's something that we love, well, we want a little more of it. Sometimes we want a lot more of it. But those fun-sized, bite-sized candy bars, they are an offense. That's just enough to make you want more. The same holds for what we're lacking. We always want a little bit more of whatever we are lacking to fill that lacking place. We want more energy when we are tired. We want more self-confidence when we are feeling inadequate. We want more discipline when we are needing accountability. We want more organization when we are feeling scattered. So that's all the disciples were asking for, just a little more faith. I think they loved Jesus. Why else would you give up everything to follow him? And when you love something or someone, you want just a little bit more of it. They wanted just a little bit more of him. And when you love something and you want just a little bit more of it, you're willing to dedicate yourself to following in his way. Well, that bite-sized candy bar version of Jesus was just not going to be enough. They wanted more. I'm guessing they were experiencing two things at once. They wanted more of what they loved, Jesus, but they also felt inadequate. I'm fairly certain we can all relate to this conundrum, feelings of inadequacy. If they could just have more faith, help thou my unbelief. Perhaps they, like we, knew that deep down, they were not fully committed. They were not all in. We need just a little more faith. 
Jesus. One, we need more faith because we love you. And two, we need more faith because we feel inadequate. And Jesus responds to them with this troublesome in our culture metaphor. Who are we kidding? It's troublesome in his era too, and it's hard to defend. People should never own people. People should never rule over people. People should never dominate people. But this is what we have to work with in a culture where slavery was just a given. So he uses this metaphor to point out to them, you already have enough. Just do what it is that you're assigned to do. Stay in your lane. Just do what it is that you are called to do. Just do what it is that you have been given to do. Take your place at the table with the gifts that, been, that have been gifted to you, with the passions that you hold, with the time that you have, with the life that is yours, simply take your place at the table. Perhaps you are a servant. So serve. Perhaps you are a benefactor. So give. Perhaps you are the one that is the greeter. So welcome. Perhaps you're the one to send the invitations. So invite. Perhaps you're the dishwasher. So clean. Perhaps you're the chef. So prepare. Perhaps you are the one who goes back for seconds because you know how much it compliments the cook. So eat well and enjoy the bounty that is yours. The metaphor is simply a reminder that we all have a place at the table. So take your place. Stay in your lane. Do the thing that is assigned to you. And don't gripe about it, but don't gloat about it either. Jesus is telling us here, you are enough. You have enough faith to take on the assignment that has been given to you. So show up and find your place so that you may be well fed. Because only when you are well fed will you be able to feed the masses. May it be so. Amen.